and welcome to Irresponsibly Powerless, a comic book discussion show where we'll be talking about the books that came out this week along with anything else that comes up along the way. We're going to be your hosts. My name is Eric. My name is Nick. Is um, it? And it is. It always is. I always wanted to be named Rick, which is really close to Nick, but I was just like way edgier. I was like, fuck, what is Rick even short for? <laughs> Rick Springsteen? Yeah. Rick Springsteen? Is that what we're going with? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I, that's the only Rick that could come to mind there. Yeah, Jesse's girl. Oh, he's Rick? Really? Jesse's girl. I, thought his name, I know the song. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cat's first name. Or was it Springfield? I'm pretty sure it's Springsteen. Springfield? No. Springsteen. Bruce? No, it's Springfield, man. Oh, Google that shit. Are you sure? I, I'm, I'm totally. I don't even. That's what kind of night it is. Rick Springfields. Springfield. Damn it. But you All were right. right about the Rick. All right, Rick. <sighs> Anyways, Anyways, somehow that relates to comics in some kind of segue fashion, which uh, you, you guys can fill in in your minds. <laughs> I'm not even going to bother. I, I won't insult your intellects. <laughs> It's so obvious. Um, it is. So, exciting week this week. I was excited when I went and picked, picked up my comics. I'm not sure it panned out fully, but... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I was a little happier this week, I guess, with uh, what I got, but well, I did get a shitload 84 of 84 comics. comics. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Although, uh, oh, I, I heard an, an awesome rumor, by the way, from my comic shop person this week, which oh, I really yeah. hope turns out. Um... So uh, Bagley it actually, well, first of all, he is no longer working exclusively with Marvel. He's oh. attempting to branch out, apparently, which, I mean, most artists tend to do, I think. They don't like to get... That's down. fine. They like yeah, to, that's fine. Yeah. They like to be able to work with all the different characters and companies and whatnot. Whatever. Um, apparently, there's news along the rumor mill that he might be working on the next weekly book for DC, just drawing it like crazy. Huh. Crazy. Which I think would be awesome, because if anybody's going to be able to draw a weekly book, it's going to be fucking Bagley. That guy's right a machine. On. Right on. Yeah, so that'd be cool. I heard something about like a, like a regular 16-pager plus like an 8-page backup from various different artists. So like he'd just be doing a regular 16 pages a week or something like that. I don't know. Nothing set in stone, but I thought that would be an awesome way to go with it. You know, So you'd have a consistent artist on there because honestly, I think that's one of the biggest faults with Countdown oh, yeah. is lack of a consistent art, artistic direction. Hmm. Well, right on. Keep me updated on that, man. I'm on it. Uh, so, yeah, one of the new things I was super stoked over, which uh, I guess we'll find out in a second if it panned out, was Ultimates 3, issue number one, came out. And um, I read Ultimates 1 and loved it. Um, for some reason, didn't pick up ish, uh, Ultimates 2, but uh, I've read that now and loved that also. Um, so I was real stoked about Ultimate 3. I assume you were the same, right, Eric? Yeah, and one of the big things about this one, uh, which is something we're going to talk about, is it features the return to comics of Joe Maggerera. Yes. Who was huge in, like, the 90s when I was collecting. He was drawn for X-Men, and he was hot shit because he had that manga style, like, that was infused with, you know, American... I don't know. I, I heard a lot of people talking shit, though, and saying that he he didn't have it anymore. So, I don't know. What would you think? I, I, I like the art. The art was cool. Um, I mean, it was... It, it's an interesting call. I, I don't like the way some of the characters have been kind of reimagined. I mean, Black Panther was cool, and I guess Wasp is fine. Um, but the new Thor just kind of struck me as odd. Like, the thing I liked about Thor before was that he looked so, like, he was ripped and everything, but he looked like he could actually exist in our reality. Um, uh -huh. This Thor looks like a golden god again, which I was kind of like, ah, eh, well, whatever. I don't notice, um, but they also uh, switched up his hammer, so it looks more like the 616 hammer right now. Like, it yeah. isn't like that crazy fucking awesome it war hammer. Like, yeah. 
And then also Cap. Cap looked a little, like, I don't know. Like, I know he's supposed to be, you know, perfect human and everything, but it, it always bugs me when they make Cap a little too muscle-bound. Like, yeah. in this one, he looks just too top-heavy, almost. Like, you could just push him over. <laughs> so, and I'm also not really stoked on the new, as yes, I don't think you are either, the new uh, Hawkeye gear. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was a little bit too, like, commando fucking intense. The thing that also bothers me is that he's a big fucking H on his chest, and you're like, uh, alright, Hawkeye, like, you're not Superman. Just, like, no one else wears their, like, Captain America has an A, but, like, he's Captain Goddamn America, like. Yeah, but it, it's no. it's a H with, like, blades on it. Blades. Stupid. It's stupid. It has points. You could, like, kill a man. Stupid. I don't know. I I liked it. Uh, I I I enjoy his style. I, I don't know. It was it was a fun oh, sort no, of throwback. No, no. I, sort of I loved the art. I don't blame him for the the way necessarily some of the characters turned out. I mean, I'm sure he got a hand, a real big hand in designing them, but yeah, um, he probably had to adhere to some previous. I don't know. I like that Black Panther hasn't even like talked yet, which is. Yeah, I think that's part of his shtick too. That's what I've heard. But I don't know. The biggest thing about this is is not necessarily the the art. Is it's honestly the writing is so friggin' heavy handed. It's it's absurd. I was. I think I have an expl- I have an explanation, sir. I, I just came up with one. Um, I think he's making sure that if this is your first thing about Ultimates, you know what's happening. So the stuff where he's like. This is the woman I love, and 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 the part where he like spells it out that Wanda and Quicksilver are having sex probably, um, is for people who who haven't read. You know, if they just picked this up, they wouldn't necessarily get that 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 Wanda and because there's been a lot of innuendo in the previous Ultimates, especially. Yeah, but that was but something that doesn't need to be clarified. You know, like it was always a, a somewhat nebulous, and it was just like that's that's the way it was supposed to be, and it. I mean. I don't know. He could I didn't still. I think it was that. I didn't think it was that nebulous before. I always just assumed, I guess. Yeah, but they never explicitly stated it. In this one, it was just like they love, love each other. It well, sounds like st- it was like a middle school sort of thing. You still don't know. Like it's just something Wasp said. Like you still don't. You didn't have like a picture of them having like butt sex or anything like. That. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, with I one know. of the characters actually explicitly stating it, it makes it much more real. I think. And, it was just like that. That was unnecessary. Like they could always just kind of have like fun little comments here and there, and you'd be like, "What did they actually?" And then you know, and then you pass on to the next page. You'd be like, "All right, whatever." I don't know. It's, maybe it has some kind of effect on the story, and in, in you know the next issue or two. But it seems like you know, just saying like, "Oh, they're very close as brother and sister" is enough for there to be enough dramatic effect. When. Right, I'm. I yeah. I, I mean, I get it, but I'm just saying, like, to make sure people know what's going on, and that might be a, one of their. Also, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I understand. It's like these these characters are already established as well, so you can just kind of jump into it. But yeah. it it kind of felt like it was it was moving a little bit too quickly with this one, and it was just mm-hmm. I don't know. I I got I got finished with it, and I was kind of just like I have no idea what just happened. It felt like I just got run over by a train, and then it's gone. I mean, I, I, you know, it isn't necessarily a bad thing because, like I said, you, you shouldn't spend a lot of time on introductions. But, like, you know, they're they're sitting around one day, and then all of a sudden, Venom attacks. And you're like, oh shit, there's Venom, and then all of a sudden, Wanda's down; she's been shot, and you're like, oh crap. Well, apparently, they aren't wasting any time. So. Well, yeah, I mean, true, it, it it was a lot, but also this is a shorter. Usually, the Ultimates are like. 12 and 13, I guess both have been 13 issues before, and this one's like 6 or something, so... Mm-hmm. Well, it's an up into the next crossover for Ultimate, or no, not Ultimate, it's uh, Ultimate... Ultimate Secrets. Ultimate Secrets and Ultimatum, actually. Which is something that's going through the other Ultimate series, but... Anyway, we'll see. I mean, I'm not ready to write anything off, um... At all, like I, I, I think it was it was not it was not the best of first issues, but it wasn't like anything horrific either. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, it it didn't have quite the same charm as the other ones did. So, like you said, I I, I think we're just gonna I'm gonna wait and see how the the rest of the issues are. Yeah, it didn't have me at hello. 
But one thing that I'm quite sure of is that Messiah Complex is awesome. <laughs> okay. And for your, your weekly good. Messiah Complex update, we've got Uncanny X-Men number 493 coming out this week. We, we don't have anything, sir. You have. That's true. That's all you, Eric. This is I, I love to hear about it. Yeah. Eric's patented update right here, right now. Um, again, this issue is, I mean, I, I don't know how, but uh, they decide that every issue they have to raise the stakes just a little bit more. And they do. And they do it successfully. And you're still, you know, just holding on. And they add yet another obstacle for them to overcome where they bring back the, the nanobots from before with uh, Grant Morrison's run and Cassandra Nova and all that craziness. Apparently that's what's taken over the Sentinels. And uh, they managed to defeat the Uber Sentinels in their own way. And then they respond in kind after that. And Cyclops decides, well, we need to the, up the ante with the X-Men as well and try to find a way to, to take care of business. And he turns to Wolverine and tells him to assemble the X-Force. Which apparently means that he gets together all the people with pointiness. And they <laughs> they use their pointy powers to, to overcome evil. Um, Wait, who is it? It's, it's Wolverine with uh, Wolfsbane from X-Factor. Um, okay. The Warpath knockoff guy, I mean the Warpath's brother, whatever, um, who has, like, these vibranium knives. X-23, Wolverine's clone. Right. And Hepsiban, or whatever her name is, from the Starjammers. Oh, yeah? And and Caliban. Oh, Caliban. It, it sounds like a badass little covert ops team. I mean, you know, like X-Men. I don't know. It's, it's kind of against what, what the old X-Men would be, but... You know, trying to move them in a new direction. It sounds like it's going to be whatever. Cool. Sounds cool. Yeah, I mean, Wolverine leading a team, I figure, will no doubt be awesome. You can only be riddled with bodies and horror, horrific actions. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what's he going to do? What's the solution every time? Come on. <laughs> but one of the things that I did learn from this issue is that Cable should never be a father. Apparently, <laughs> he should never have a baby. Because he has no idea how to take care of a baby. And apparently Cable just has the baby fucking strapped into his, like, chest straps. Like, he has those X chest, chest Dude, straps. It's like, like, a, it's like a baby holder for, for dads, you know? Like the little backpack. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, but he's just fucking, like, hauling ass through the Alaskan <laughs> wilderness. And he's he's yelling at the baby, just like, shut up! I'm busy! And I don't know. He's a I, horrible I would father. Love for Cable to be my father. <laughs> I guess I, I I don't expect this baby to last very long. <laughs> I don't know. I, I assume he he knows everything about kicking ass and taking names, but zero to none about fucking baby care. Like, can he change a diaper? Where the hell would he have learned that? I don't know. In the future, he's too busy skipping around time. Yes, but it's awesome. I I, I loved it, and right again, it's I don't know, it's it's fantastic. It's it's one of the most well thought out crossovers I think that we've had in a very long time. Right on. So moving on, um, I've got I've, I've got I've got Silver Surfer for all you Silver Surfer fans, and there's Silver Surfer in Thy Name issue two of four came out. This week, and also what came out this week is the hardback cover of Silver Surfer Requiem, which everyone should go buy because that was awesome. Um, I'm on it. However, Silver Surfer in Thy Name is kind of going south. Um, it started out interestingly enough, like he met this super advanced civilization that was trying to that they said that their their goal was to make a utopia for all the people within their collective. And, of course, the first issue you see that they are pretty good dudes, and then the second issue here, it shows you that they're not, obviously, and they kind of oppress their people sometimes. And, like, like there's this group of people that the Silver Surfer shows up and helps um, that's in the collective, mm-hmm. and he fights some some giant badass monster thing that's been playing, and he kills it. 
Um, and then they all think he's this god, this like prophesized god in their religion. And the, I guess the religion was outlawed by the people who run the collective, who like he, Silver Surfer already knows, um, because they they don't like you know they think they're barbarians and that they'll infect everyone else with this religion. Um, Silver Surfer's like, well, I'm not your god, and blah blah blah. And, but then he kind of learns the truth, and he um, he cruises back up to uh, to like the head, the queen of the collective, and she like bitches him out a little bit, and he's like. I'm the Silver Surfer. I'm out, <laughs> and like just leaves. And they try and stop him, but he just like blows apart their shit and leaves. And then um, he kind of runs along these these body harvester guys from the first the first episode that he like he like let live, and they they like let loose this crazy like rainbow monster onto him, and it like can hurt him somehow. I don't know. This is what happens with Silver Surfer, like. There's only a couple ways to treat with him because he's so powerful. And one is to bring up, like, super powerful enemies for him to fight. Mm-hmm. Which is sometimes done well, sometimes done bad. But what is almost always done poorly is in, in these scenarios when they let they let some monster out or they somehow take away his powers or, or something like that. Like, at the end of this episode, at the end of this comic... It like Silver Surfer seems to be neutralized somehow. Like the Rainbow Monster somehow like fed off his power or took it or I don't know it exactly. Uh-huh. And they're they're gonna crucify him. And it turns out that the Body Snatcher guys are in league with the Utopian guys. Cool. Like it's all. So yeah, it's crazy. But anyway, like you know what's gonna happen. Like Silver Surfer will somehow get his powers back and just bust the fuck out and like regulate these bitches and this. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's just kind of boring to watch almost because you know they won't kill him. I mean, Silver Surfer is such an interesting character in that regard because he's so powerful that it's just difficult to get, keep a handle on mm-hmm. him. And so I often like seeing I like I like seeing kind of like in Requiem what what made it so good was it kind of just treated him as like well he's just a he's just a being like you or me like he has incredible powers and he's he's super noble like he's just a really great guy. But he runs into these problems where, like, you know, where he can easily do something. It's kind of like, what would you do if you had Silver Surfer's powers and you were just, like, bebopping around the universe? Like, would you, like, would you blow apart these people who are bad people, like, even though you know, you, just because you can? Or, like, is that your business? And, like, there's there's lots of, like, cool philosophical questions you can explore with him. Mm-hmm. But when he falls into, like, when people try to shoehorn him into these, like, basic comic book stories where he's, like, um have some conflict and meet 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 bad guys who he who are on his level it just gets too crazy and out there and weird and i feel like loses a lot of what what the story should actually be about which is just about the character norn rad and the silver surfer mm-hmm. um and and just like what what kind of a great dude he is and how and how he can just like show us like in him you can see you know, a lot of humanity and what makes it good and, and what, what, what our potential is like that. That's, that's the thrust of the character, I think. So, so I have to give this one a thumbs down. I hope it, I hope it turns it around somehow, but I, I don't see it. I'll finish it, but yeah. Well, going on to the next book, uh, Avengers, the initiative, the annual came out this, this week, um, yes. which Secret also invasion. featured, yes, the infiltration, damn straight, which, the meaning of which doesn't become apparent until the last story. What's so cool about this is that there are five stories. So I was just looking at it yeah. and I was like, I didn't even realize that there were five. I thought there were only like, you know, three or four. But I think what the key is, is it all each of these stories kind of followed up on stuff I wanted to know. Like, like we learned a little bit more about Gauntlet. Like I didn't know anything about him or how he got his powers. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we learned kind of what happened to the girl Armory. Uh-huh. Like, after she got her powers taken away from her in previous one, and... Then you learn the origins yeah. of Hardball, and... Uh, yeah. What's his name? Oh, and the uh, MVP. And, yeah, you learn how MVP... I mean, we could already kind of guess what happened to MVP from the previous ones, but you learn kind of... You get some closure, and... Yeah. It's pretty cool. I mean... And then and it, it then, also it, it also starts to link together some of that stuff as well, yeah, which I thought yeah, it was yeah. kind of cool, like with uh, Armory and uh, Gauntlet somehow being yeah. related to to each other. I don't know. It it opened up a whole lot of other avenues that they can go with uh, all these stories. So yeah, it's very cool. 
And it introduced the sweetest fucking team I've seen in a long time. The Libertines. <laughs> no, I loved about this was just how, uh, I don't know, purposefully heavy-handed it was in this one. Like, this one, it was supposed to be, like, yeah. all of them, you know, making comments like, protect America, and you've well, got the, freedoms. Yeah. Luckily, they apply to even terrorist scum like you, and, uh, it was all just canned dialogue. That was it was fantastic. Well, even like the like bad guys' plan was just like break the Liberty Bell. Like the Libertines <laughs> are the are the initiative mm-hmm. team for Philadelphia, which is I mean I I love this just because like every state that's not like New York like they can just have such fun with they can uh-huh. just have these ridiculous characters. Like I've never heard of any of these people. I don't even know if they existed oh. before. Well, apparently they are, they are actually like all modeled off of uh, an old the old team, the uh, Liberty Legion. Like, oh yeah, yeah. They they're all kind of like ripoffs of well, not ripoffs, but you know, like homage. Yeah, to, updates. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, uh, but it's just rad. It's just I don't know. There's there's just like it's tongue in cheek a little bit, and it's just it's just fun. It's just it was I I I honestly really that was my favorite story. And kind of my favorite moments of the um, of the week, mm-hmm. um, like even like the 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 main dude, the guy in charge of the Libertines is the revolutionary, and the cat dry, just dresses like a li- revolutionary, <laughs> except kicking shades, just, <laughs> yes. just fucking rocking them. He's got a gun in one hand, a fucking sword in the other, <laughs> and he straight up stabs a guy in it too. He just he just full on ace it. Like he doesn't kill him, but he slices him. And yeah. What's up? You know you ruined that guy's day, so I mean, I don't know. It was there were there were funny moments all throughout the stories. Like it, it, I actually just remembered going back to the MVP story. I love how his his origin is the most anticlimactic thing ever, <laughs> but it's it's fantastic. Where it's like, well, he doesn't actually have superpowers, and I'm like, yeah, we know because we made He's him the perfect human through diet and regimen, like. We just gave him a sweet like exercise routine and fed him all whole wholesome organic food and he became a superhuman. And he tried real hard. <laughs> and then they're just like, seriously, that's the secret? And he was just like, Well, uh the government just wants the fucking super soldier sure. serum. Yeah, it's just like that's all you have to do is fucking work on it. Idiots. <laughs> I don't know. It's great. But yeah. The one thing I gotta say, looking through it, just looking through it as a whole, and we had a talk about this before the show, but <laughs> I think the, I think the art is a little weak just as a whole, like in the whole issue. There's like, I agree. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there's one or two stories that I feel that feel kind of phoned in, especially the for me, especially the MVP issue, just feels like the art is kind of. Yeah, it starts off really strong with the first two stories, and and then I kind of feel like oh, it starts yeah. to go downhill. <laughs> I, I, it picks it up at the end, I guess. You know, I, I, I don't know. I didn't think the Libertines. I mean, the Libertines was serviceable. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad or anything. So and it fits the style of the story as well. So I don't, I don't know. I, I I like that one, but yeah, the middle two, I agree, kind of kind of lack. And there, and and there's a huge reveal at the end of the at the end of the comic at the end of the um, Libertine story. So I'm not going to say anything. But if if you're at all interested in what's going on and like the bigger picture of Marvel, you should probably pick it up just to, to get it on that action. And uh, another continuing series that I think is finally done. Um, World War Hulk had one last issue. World War Hulk after Smash, which is a brilliant title. I'll give him that. So what did they have to to wrap up in this issue exactly? Well, I, I chose okay. not to like buy a, this. Apparently, like the whole fucking island is going to shit. Like from what Hulk did, like Manhattan is shattering, and and it's just gonna rip apart. So, and of course, Amadeus Cho figures this out <laughs> and like calls up Tony, um, and Herc is like holding together. Like this giant chasm that's getting bigger. Like, and if the chasm gets too big, it's gonna wreck shit up. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It had a couple storylines. Um, of course, they fix the the fix the the fix uh, Manhattan, but it's it's through the use of uh, the Warbound, the Warbound, um, the magic guy. He's like, 
He's like somehow connected to Earth, and he can heal the planet. Oh, hero and what? the old, or not the old yeah, strong yeah, hero yeah. and whatever it is, the disgraced. Yeah. So he and he and Krong, he and he and Krong, and eventually Thing, like he feeds off Thing, and both of being like Earth elementals, and he like heals the chasm and stuff. So <laughs> it's I don't know, it didn't really grab me. Even the parts with Hercules and. There's a whole, like, other side story about, um, the Warbound and stuff, but I don't know. It's There's a bunch of crap in it, too. They're, like, they have the tie-in for Incredible Hulk, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have, like, check out Hulk's army struggling to survive. Check out Warbound number one. <laughs> There's, like, a preview for that. And then they're, like, Hulk left a big old mess. Guess who's got to clean it up? Damage control number one. And you're just, like, who reads that? Like... Who gives a shit about the clean? <laughs> You're just trying to milk it at this point. I'm just not having. I'm not having none of it. Do they have anything I'm about done. the son of Hulk? No, no, nothing. I'm not. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying any more Hulk. I'm done with World War Hulk. I'll buy Incredible Hulk till the day it dies. <laughs> and if you put Amadeus and Cho in it, I, I will be hard pressed not to buy it, even if he's just in it for a second. But uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer came out this week. It was uh Part four of No Future for You, which is uh, Brian K. Vaughn's um, run on, on Buffy. And it's the the last part, I should say, not just part four, but the conclusion. And uh, it's got a little bit more of a wrap up on, on the story of what's going on with Faith and Giles as they go off on their super secret little mission or whatever. And uh, I mean, I don't know. It's... He does a great job, Brian K. Vaughn does, of, of really sort of getting into the, the characters themselves and kind of getting the idea of, of what they're thinking along with all these events. Because each one opens up with a flashback. and it, it sort of helps to describe exactly what Faith is thinking throughout this entire thing. A lot of it's, I don't know, there's action going on there, but really it's, you know, what's going on behind the scenes that's, that's really important in the very end when... They sort of make a decision to, I don't know, go go off in a different direction. The two of them together. It, it was a it was a fun sort of branch off from the main storyline. Well, at the same time, I guess it also feeds into to what's happening in the in the greater Buffy season eight storyline. So um, I don't know. It's it's served its purpose really well. Right? I'm looking really looking forward to where it's going, and once it picks up the. Uh, the major storyline with you know, Buffy and, and getting back on track in the next one. So. I am not part of the Buffyverse, so... The Buffyverse is a it's glorious place. To me. What you need to know about Buffy is there, there's a bunch of uh, chick fights going on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Next up on our reading list is The Order. Issue number five came out this week, and we were looking forward to it, or at least I was looking forward to it, because uh, last issue kind of faltered a little bit, and it's otherwise yeah. very strong run. Um, and yeah, and I, we've been following this issue, cl- this this series closely. We've we've been we've been covering it since uh, its first issue, so that's made it, it has a special place in I think uh, irresponsibly powerless's heart. Mm-hmm. I don't know what do you think of this 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 episode. I I felt like this one started to pick it up again. It, it kind of. Started off on a brand new track than uh, the one that I had been following, which I felt like was the one that was where it was starting to falter a little bit. And uh, it's picking up on some some brand new story threads. Uh, yeah, I like the new threads. I like the introduction of a couple threads that we have no idea really where they're going. And the Hopi Indian thread where they're – I don't know. It, it feels <laughs> like a very classic comic book sort of thread where it's just like there's an ancient – burial ground of some sort that's underneath these parts and we never found the other city and it's super powerful and crazy mystical stuff happens like muscular turtles running around tearing cars apart <laughs> <laughs> you and your you and your muscular turtles it was the best love. part of any comic book this week i promise you go to <laughs> go to the part in the order where the turtle attacks the girl and then just runs off into the distance it's phenomenal. That's the best. <laughs> the best panel is the 
the one right after he tears the car in half, and he just sees. I won't argue with you there, but that is the best panel. It's phenomenal. Brar. It's going Brar makes it. I love it. So. But yeah, uh, it's uh, I enjoyed it a lot. It, it's right back there. Yeah. So. What do you think? I enjoyed it. Uh, I liked. I liked that it brought in a bunch of new elements. I liked the new the the new anti order team. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see what exactly they do with it. Um, I don't know if they'll be a continuing like uh, arch villain sort of thing, or if they'll wrap them up pretty quick here. And, uh, mm-hmm. and but yeah, it's I, I enjoyed it. All right. Um, next, I want to talk about Justice Society of America, which came out this week. Uh, just real briefly, uh, it's number 11, and uh, I wanted to point it out because I felt like, you know, uh, between this and a few other issues that came out this week, like Uncanny X-Men and, and Buffy, it's really made it a really solid week because this is a fantastic book. and Like, all those books really sort of made the week into a much better one, I felt like. Um this one's just a it's a consistent consistently solid book. Um so it's it's not like it's a, it's an actual surprise or anything, but I really liked it because, you know, they're following up on this this whole Kingdom Come storyline, which will be interesting. But uh as if the Justice League needs this, they also decided, "Hey, well, let's throw some more characters into this one." <laughs> which is like, yeah, why not? You know? It's a society. It makes sense. Let's just make it like the, you know, a, a team with a roster the size of a small nation. So they're going to run with that. And it, I don't know. I, I, I felt like they, they've done a really good job so far of, of balancing the characters in the book. So introducing more, it'll be interesting to see where things go from there. But uh, they've got some awesome villains in this one. Uh, as if the, the Justice Society didn't already have some awesome villains. Like, in the very beginning of this run, they had their super Nazis, the, the Fifth Reich. But this one, they decide, we need a Japanese supervillain team. Why not? I mean, I, I don't even know exactly why they decide to go with all the uh, World War II people that way. I mean, it's a World War II team, but I'm pretty sure World War II is over. <laughs> That's what I hear. Well, they're still Nazis supposedly. kicking ass. <laughs> So, uh, in this one, probably what makes this whole team is they've got a fucking sumo guy whose ability is to make himself explode. Right on. Just like a big old human bomb. But he literally makes himself explode and then reassembles himself. Like, they've got a shot where he, he explodes. And then there's just, like, this big old swirling, like, red nasty mess that's all congealing again. Like that's that's pretty gross, but uh, I mean, I guess that's what happens sometimes with superpowers. Is you kind of get the short end of the stick there. So that's that's that. But um, you know, it's it's a really fun story again, and it's it's got like you know, it's it's little moments that that are you know quirky and and interesting like that. You've got you know Starman breaking the fourth wall in this one and, and talking and to the to the readers and and then at the same time you've got some some serious moments as well like you've got um power girl talking to this uh kingdom come superman which is kind of weird for her because it reminds her of the superman that died in infinite crisis that uh. was from her world she's still trying to get over that old mess too and so it's got a, a little bit of everything again, you know, just talking about last week, what made Teen Titans so good. This one, just the same, you know, Jeff Johns knows how to kind of put a, put together a good bit of elements that, that, that make a, a modern comic book really solid. So, Well, um, I haven't talked, I, I don't know if I talked about the last issue, but uh, Ultimate X-Men 88 came out this week. Um and with it came a shitstorm of ridiculous. Um, I, I really can't even. Okay, right, straight up. Okay, right now, if you haven't read this comic, pause the podcast, go read it, and then come back because I need to talk about some of this shit. And it's just I, I can't be saying spoiler every two seconds. So, okay, first of all, you find out that Cable is indeed Wolverine. 
from the future. And he's come back to save Professor X, prepare him for a fight um, that he loses. Um, because if he if he can win the fight, presumably the horrible future from which Cable slash Wolverine comes from will not happen. Bishop's in on this. Okay. Everyone's everyone's from the future is in on this. Beast shows back up after Professor's gone. Is um, he from the future? No, no, no. He's <laughs> he's from the present, but he didn't die. Um, it was all a trick, and he's been working to cure some horrible the legacy virus. Which oh, I'm not right. sure because we need that one back. I'm not sure if it's the same virus, but they said you know it kills it kills mutants. Blah blah. So Bishop sort of kind of explained it to Beast. He might have been lying. We don't know. It could all be a trick. Anyway, <laughs> um, so fucking of course Storm freaks out because the two used to be macking on each other. I mean, and, and the two end up making out, and that's where that's where the story ends with them. So we don't know. So presumably, Wolverine will now slaughter them both. <laughs> um, but also on top of that, fucking the, these guys who you thought were good guys end up trying to like gank um, the Gene, the because they're from the Hellfire Club. Uh-huh. You, you find out the Hell, Hellfire Club that we thought just got disintegrated in like issue like twelve. Um, turns out to be trying to gank Jean, but she just turns into the fucking Phoenix again and destroys the shit out of them. <laughs> and then she, of course, freaks out again. And then you see Emma Frost. Emma Frost was at the mansion at the beginning of the episode because they're having a baseball game between Emma Frost's academy and, and, and the newly formed Sans Professor X X-Men. Okay. Um, so they're just having a fun baseball game. And that's when they try it. And that's when Emma's new boyfriend... And the and the guy who who is bankrolling or is is like the oversight guy for from the Shi'ar, who's who's watching over the X Men to make sure they don't spend the money crazily. Uh-huh. Um, they the both of them turn out to be from the Hellfire and they try and gank Jane and she kills them. But then you find out at the end that Emma Frost is part of the Hellfire Club. Like she comes back to the Hellfire Club and reveals herself. Uh, in more way than one. Not like you see that she's a fucking Hellfire Club member, and that there's a bunch of Hellfire Club people, and also like she fucking okay. So she walks into this room, right, and she's got her like white cape uh-huh. on, and she tuck and takes it off and hands it to this cat, and she's wearing the most ridiculous outfit I've ever <laughs> seen. Like she has her, she has stockings, white stockings and white gloves. The gloves that she always had, the gloves that come up like past, like onto the bicep. yeah, yeah. And the and the stockings come up to like mid thigh level, and she's wearing like a push up bustier, and for pants she's just wearing her fucking like underwear, and her underwear is like barely co- covers her badge. Like, <laughs> and then to top it all off, they're not even done dropping bombs. They fucking like Xavier and um, Wolverine Cable uh-huh. are in this wreckage and he's like explaining he's like I'm gonna train you and Professor X is like oh no Professor X can walk again Cable fixed that oh okay why not so Professor was just like training <laughs> what what for and he's like you're gonna have to you're gonna have to be on your shit in this next uh, so we don't fuck up this timeline like this and then Professor's like what are you talking about what is this conflict who are you training me to fight and then it just comes cuts to this huge zoom out and then Wolverine's like don't worry Xavier you'll find out soon enough and they're the the like the building they're in is next to like a giant statue of apocalypse like enormous. like a 50 foot tall tall like in the middle of this wreckage like this horrible future this this giant apocalypse so that's that's oh, apparently crazy what's going down. Jesus so there wasn't like two pages without a holy shit like what the hell's going on <laughs> oh so, x men I I can't, I mean I don't know I liked I liked Ultimate X Men kind of when it was a little more under control when it was closer to Ultimate Spider Man kind of feel like a, yeah. a not too crazy huh? I don't know this isn't necessarily bad we'll see yeah yeah, yeah. well that's cool well that's gonna do it for our week in comics <gasps> next up we've got our regular segments for the week and I'm gonna go first with my random pick. Uh, I gotta say, with a crazy jam-packed week, I ended up picking up two random picks. 
that I wanted to mention. Uh, the first one, I guess, the the lesser of the two, not the one, not necessarily uh, the worst out of the two because it wasn't a bad comic. <laughs> is a uh, Primordia, which is issue one of three. Uh, it's a fantasy series that's published by Archaea Studios, one of my favorite sort of up and coming studios. And I decided to give this one a try because, well, I I don't know I. I, I really do enjoy fantasy. I feel like I, I've really wanted a, a good fantasy series for a while. And I've kind of decided after reading this that I don't think that fantasy series really work well in terms of comics. Hmm. I think it has to be extremely well told. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it, not just any fantasy, I kind of feel like, because you've got some stuff that, that works really well, but I guess it's like the the really high fantasy stuff where you've got like elves, elves and dragons and, and like fairies and magic and all this other crazy shit. It kind of feels like those are things that, that are best left to the imagination and when you actually have them down on paper, like an artist drawing renditions of them, then it kind of detracts from the the overall fantasy storyline somewhere. So the way that I kind of feel after reading this, because it wasn't necessarily a bad fantasy story, and it wasn't bad art, but it just kind of felt like it it wasn't necessarily the best of comics, you know. It's, I it was you. it was it was an interesting story. The whole the whole premise is that uh, in this elven sort of forest city. Um, I guess not an elven, but magical creature city. Um, these two human boys are found, these human babies, and they're raised as part of the forest, even though humans aren't allowed in this forest. <laughs> and one of them sleeps all day and then wakes up at night, and one of them sleeps all night and wakes up during the day. Oh. And, uh, you know, the, the daytime one becomes, you know, like... The, the one that can use, like, some kind of crazy fire magic. He's a hunter, and everybody likes him. And then the nighttime one goes off into, like, dark places, and he gets all kinds of crazy shadow powers of some sort. This and that. They both fall in love with this princess. And during the daytime, she stays with one brother, and nighttime with the other. And then eventually they end up encountering some other humans who they immediately just run over and just start offing. Just fucking killing them all. What? Which, apparently they don't realize is something that elves don't do. And the elves get all pissy with them, even though they're <laughs> trying to stop the humans from coming into the forest and ruining the elves' shit. And their little <laughs> magical story time or whatever. <laughs> and so they banish these two guys. <laughs> I'm appreciating the fucking elves who are protecting your silly shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were just protecting him. I it was it was kind of annoying at that point, but it was like, all right, whatever. You're elves. You're elves are whiny like that. Story bullshit. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Peace out, guys. And so, uh, and so they run off. They're they're banished from the the woods. And the princess kind of ruins things all over again. And at the very end, the the son brother guy just ends up killing his brother. Oh. And then they run off all pissy. And I, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a good setup for a story. I'm, I mean, I'm 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 interested in seeing where it goes. And I'm going to finish up this this series cuz it's only 3 issues and it was it was fun, but again, I it's just kind of the conclusion that I've reached that I'm not sure that that fantasy stories necessarily it's, lend it themselves like it's well. It's almost like uh, less than the sum of its parts. You know, like it seemed like you said it had good art and it seems to have an interesting story, but somehow that it just didn't convey that as well as it it could well, have. Yeah, yeah. Just I, I feel like when they're when they're kind of put together to tell a story in conjunction, it doesn't it doesn't work as well for fantasy. So, I don't know. That's 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 the sense that I got after reading. All right. Fair enough. But uh, in terms of fantasy that works really well, um, this is a little bit more of a realistic fantasy, a historical fic fiction of sorts, you should say. It's uh, a new series that came out, number one by Vertigo, called Northlanders. Oh. And this is one that my, my comic store actually had prominently displayed. I knew it was coming out, and I wanted to pick up the first issue. 
It's a, a new series being written by Brian Wood with art by David. Oh man, I'm going to totally butcher this. <laughs> David Gian Felici. Gian Felici. Okay. That's what I'm going to go with. Um, and it's this Viking storyline that's all about, it, it's supposed to be a little bit more of historical Viking type. There isn't any kind of like crazy magic or anything like that. It's just like, you know, swords and, you know, running around conquering people and getting gold and stuff like that. That's, that's as fantasy ask as it gets. And yeah. I, it's a story about this sort of lost son that has to come back when his father dies and you know it's supposed it, it's supposed to be kind of a play on the the regular fantasy idea where it's like okay he's going to come home and like reclaim his or you know claim his father's throne right but this one turns out the son is kind of a dick <laughs> and really what he wants to do is he wants to go and and get all of his father's gold and then like run off to from like the the country bumpkins like, you know all these like backwoods areas and take all the gold and and go back to Constantinople and all like the the settled actual cities and and make a good life for himself there because he doesn't want to stick around. So he's willing to to let his uncle kind of take over, except you know not without his money. So it's okay. yeah, exactly. And so he kind of gets into it with his uncle, and it leaves it open to to seeing where exactly he's going to end up. Like, is he going to be redeemed in the end or is he just going to kind of, you know, take over and being an asshole. But, um, it's, I, it was a really fun story and it was, it was really solid. I felt like, um, you know, the art is fantastic. There's this great, I guess it's a two page spread. It's more of like two, one page two one pagers put together where it's got, you know, this, the son facing off with his uncle and, you know, they, they just look gorgeous. They're, they've got a gritty sort of quality to, um, while, while still, I don't know, fitting the, the Viking story that's going on there. Um, and it's got just enough of a, a modern spin on the dialogue and the way that the characters are acting to make it a little more interesting. So cool. I'm really interested in seeing where it goes from. Right on. I'm glad you're digging it. Yeah, and I, I'd, I'd totally recommend it if you get a chance to go back to your comic store if you want to pick it up next Wednesday. Yeah, give it a try. Yeah. That's what I said. Cool. Well, to finish up the show, as always, I got my bullshit moment. Um, this week is going to come from a comic that we both liked, um, Avengers: The Initiative, and I know we both loved it. Again, spoiler, like we said earlier, um, that the end of the end of the Avengers: The Initiative has a little sneak has has a tie-in to the larger, the invasion of the Skrulls, and it turns out that one of the members of the Libertines, the uh, what's his name, uh, oh yeah, the Revolutionary, the the guy who I <laughs> thought was fucking the coolest, turns out to be a Skrull. Like obviously he was a real guy at some point, but that he's been replaced by a scroll. And the scroll, the scroll scheme is a scroll in every state, which is crazy. <laughs> but whatever. That's awesome. I love that. There's my bullshit moment. I really hope he's shades fucking revolution. God damn it, he's a cool man. I don't think bull. I don't think he would have gone down. I, I don't. I don't think the revolution. He'd been like, what's like the scrolls come from? He'd just be like, Psh. Psh. I don't know. I, I suspect treachery. Go out guns. I hope he killed like 13 scrolls when they came for him. <laughs> Super scrolls. Like, yeah, he's just, he's just tied in the scroll. Like, every time they wake him up, he's just like, no, fuck you guys. They're like, he's, he's out of control. Sedate him again. <laughs> Damn it, he killed five more. <laughs> he's like Bucky on crack. <laughs> yes. So. We could only hope. Anyway. Uh. I love seeing third tier characters. They're not even second tier. They're like people you never even fucking heard of. And, um, <laughs> and it's just it's just a cool thing. It's just you know it's it's diff more difficult to write well. I feel, but it it is a cool, fun playground where people can have uh, have their fun and not really step on anyone's toes with like Spider Man or any any huge property. They can have silly shit going on. 
Yeah, yeah. It would be really cool if we could see some maybe backup stories of the same sort of length with different teams from different states. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't need a full head of steam of every state group, but you could you could throw like a five issue like initiative, like extra big issue uh, comic that had like five different teams from five different states, and some of them could be like, I don't know. You could have you can have small ones and goofy ones and big ones and Texas ones and Canadian or I don't know whatever you want to do. Like anyway, I think that's gonna do it for us this week. Um, as always, go to our website, irresponsiblypowerless.blogspot.com. That's where you download our shows direct and can post on our, 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 our blog there and see our wonderful posts and, and, and just, just say, Hey, or you can email us direct irresponsiblypowerless at gmail.com. Very easy. Um, and MySpace was where we post our polls. Um, you can search us there. Just search Irresponsibly Powerless. Um, and I think we're going to be gearing up just in general um, in the in the coming weeks here. We've been, we've been kind of slacking on some of our PR. So tell your friends. Tell your friends' friends. Tell your comic book shop. Um, spread the word. Spread the gospel. Word is born. You can also be... be be one of the first, you know. Let them let them know that this is going to be a cultural phenomenon here. Write it up in this bitch. So <laughs> jump on the bandwagon now. Be one kids. of the first. Like if you email us right now, and we'll we'll put you on the list. That's right. Like us now when we're indie, because when we sell out, yeah, we're gonna be like, yeah, big I used to like them, and then <laughs> they fucking sold out. Now I hate them. I think they're pieces of shit. Exactly. I will be a huge sellout. I I, I, I don't even pretend otherwise. Anyone offers me any amount of money, I will fucking sell out. I tell you this right now. I can be bought. I can be bought. Anyway, till next week, I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And together, as always, we're your responsive powerless. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. Bye-bye. Peace. I'm pretty sure World War Two is over. That's what I hear. How the freaks you the fucking elves who are reciting your silly shit. Your silly bedtime story bullshit. I'm out! <laughs> <laughs>